uh, we've been talking and, and uh, singing about Jesus, our Emmanuel. And um, our, our theme for, for this Christmas has been God with us. And so I don't know, I don't know how it is uh, for you as we celebrate Christmas, but I grew up in the church and, and I would hear these terms and we would sing about them, but I didn't really know what they, they meant. And so as we, we unpack this, maybe, maybe we can uh, share some of that. So Christmas begins about 700 years before Jesus is born when God speaks to a prophet and he says, this is what's going to happen in the future. So there on your outline, about again, 700 years or so before Jesus is born, God speaks to the prophet Isaiah and he says, therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. And it says the virgin there on your outline will be with child and and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now the the reason that it had to be a virgin is because um, the, this one that would be born would be, we would say, fully man, but also fully God. So it could not come uh, from a man. It had to come from God. So uh, again, we would say fully man and fully God, which is the dividing line of, of everything that is Christian and everything that is not Christian. All Christians believe that Jesus is God. Everyone else believes that Jesus is not God. It's the dividing line. And so the, the, the Lord spoke through the prophet Isaiah, and he says, and you will call him Emmanuel. Now, that's the reason we call him Emmanuel. There on your outline, that word comes from the Hebrew, and it just means, Emmanuel just means with us, God, or with us is God. And in English, we would say God with us. Now, how many of you did not know tonight that Emmanuel just means God with us? Anybody here? Couple, good, good, good. Okay, so you learned something tonight at church, so that's a good thing. So he would be God with us. So it had to be of a virgin, so fully man, fully God, and he would be literally God with us. So they began to wait, and they wait 700 years. And one day, an angel appears to Mary and says, Mary, you're the one who's going to give birth to this one who would be Emmanuel, God with us. And uh, you know the story, this creates a problem because Mary is engaged to a man named Joseph who finds that Mary is now pregnant and he knows that he's not been with her. So again, you know the story, I put it there on your outline, it says, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. So it's nothing by the agency of man. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. And I've underlined that there. And it says, for he will. And before we go any further, that word for can also be translated because. So we're going to call him Jesus because or for he will save his people from their sins. And I'll talk about that in a moment. Now, all this took place to fulfill what, have, what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, again, 700 years earlier. Behold, the virgin shall be with child, shall bear a son. They shall call his name Emmanuel. So we see that word again. Then it says, which translates, God with us. And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son and he called his name Jesus. So again, you have this name Emmanuel. He would be, when he was born, he would be literally God with us. This one who would come had to be fully God and also fully man. But we also notice it says he would be named Jesus. Now, why, why does he name him Jesus? It says, because he will, and I said, for because he will save his people from their sins. 
The name Jesus comes from the Hebrew, and I put that there in your outline, and the word is just Yehoshua, which just means Jehovah saves, Jehovah saves. So God with us will also be Jehovah saves. So he'll be God with us and he will be our salvation. So tonight we are celebrating that 2,000 years ago, God came to the earth as a man in order to ultimately to save us. That is to step in and pay a price for us that, that we couldn't pay. I've always loved that name Emmanuel, God with us. And I want to talk about that for, for just a moment tonight. But as we do that, I want to give you some Bible trivia. So um, there on your outline, you notice it says there's a command given in the Bible, to, or a command given 2,000 times in the Bible. The, the command that's given most often in the Bible, over 2,000 times, is the command to, who knows what it is? No? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord is given over 2,000 times in the Bible. That's okay. You were bold. You stepped out. You took a shot. And uh, so that's good. That's good. Um, And so when God tells you 2,000 times to do something, it's important. It's important. It's very important. And so we we talk about that. But then there's another command. Now, it's not given given 2,000 times, but it's given over 360 times. And that command would be, take a guess. You said it originally. Not to pray. Fear not. Who said fear not? There you go, right there. All right, to fear not. So, um, and you can write this down. God says, do not fear. Fear not or do not fear. And he says it in a, in a number of different ways. So you have the, the, the command that God gives the most, which is praise the Lord. But then you have a command that he gives 360 times, which is do not be afraid or fear not, which is why many people will teach that there is a do not fear or a fear not for every day of the year. And that's true. No matter what you're facing, there is a fear not for that. So you have these commands, but then you also have promises. But there is one promise that is given in the Bible more than any other promise. What do you think that promise is? No, not he'll come again. Go ahead. I am with you. I am with you. Go ahead and write that down. I am with you. There you go. All right. So, so many times in the Bible, what God loves to do is he loves to take the command, do not fear, and he loves to attach it to the promise, I am with you. For instance, in the book of Genesis, speaking to Isaac, he simply says, do not fear there on your outline, for I am with you. Uh, in Joshua, a verse that we're all familiar with, have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage, do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. He loves to take the command, but attach it to the promise. Here's why you need to follow this command, because I'm with you. One of my uh, life verses, Isaiah 41.10, he just says, do not fear, for I am with you. And then he says, do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous hand. So God says, hey, I'm your God. I'm your God. So you don't need to be afraid. I'm with you. That's a good thing. Uh, Many times he would speak through the prophets and uh, he would say things like this there in your outline. It says, then Haggai, the messenger of the Lord, spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. That's what he wanted God's people to know. In the gospels, Jesus, who is Emmanuel, that is God with us, as he's about to end his earthly ministry, he turns to those who would follow him and he says this on your outline. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In the New Testament, after Jesus ascends and goes to heaven, Paul's on a missionary journey, 
And uh, in Acts chapter 18, it says, God speaks to Paul and it says, do not be afraid any longer. Do not fear. There's the command. But go on speaking and, and do not be silent. And he says, here's the promise, for I am with you and no man will attack you in order to harm you, for I have many people in this city. And I, and I love that because God had to come to Paul and say, Paul, I do not want you to be afraid. Why did he have to tell Paul that? Because he was afraid. Paul was afraid. And he says, so here's the command. Don't be afraid. But here's the promise, Paul. I'm going to be with you. Later on, Paul would remind all of us in the churches, uh, specifically writing to the Hebrew believers, but again to all of us, he says there in your outline, he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you, so that we confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Now I've given you a few verses But I I could give you another hundred verses where God says, do not be afraid, I am with you. Do not be afraid, I am with you. From cover to cover in your Bible, the message is that God is with us. This is his desire. It's how he wants to, to operate. It's how he wants to exist with his people, with the knowledge that he is with us. And and I get that, that you and I are created in the image of God. Um, there's something inside of us because we're created in the image of God that causes us to want to have children. And when you have those children, the, the reason that you want to have them is there's something that you want to invest yourself into the life of that child. You, you want to provide for that child. You, you want to see that child grow. You want to see that child develop. You want to be with that child in relationship. Is that pretty much how it works? I mean, it's not like you, you wake up and you say, you know what, we got all this extra cash. We got to do something about that. Let's have some kids. You know, we, we don't do that. We don't say, you know, we're just getting way too much sleep. This has got to stop. Let's get some kids. You know, ladies, you don't go, look at my figure. It's perfect. We got we to change that. Let's push out about eight kids, you know. And, you know, so we do that because we are created in the image of God who created us because he wanted to have a relationship with us. So our desire is to do the same thing. We want to have a relationship with, with our children. And one of the things that I find as you travel, or one of the things we find as we travel through the Bible, there's something that, that really bothers God when believers do this. And I want you to write this down and we'll be very quick about this. What seems to God, bother God the most is when believers doubt his presence. And uh, I could go many, many stories, but one great story uh, God is leading the people out of Egypt in the wilderness, heading to the promised land. God's done some incredible miracles in, in, their, in their short time as he's been leading them. But uh, they, they travel to this one place, and all of a sudden they find that they're without water. So the first thing that, that God's people do is they begin to question God's presence with them. They begin to accuse God. They begin to uh, accuse him of abandoning them. And they, they never stop to ask him, Lord, do you have a plan? But they just begin to accuse God, in which God responds. And he says, I, I would never do that to you. I've had, I've had a plan all along. But in Exodus 17, notice what it says. It says, he named the place, and you can read this story later. It's a fascinating story. He named the place Massah, which means murmuring, because that's what they were doing to the Lord. And Meribah, which means quarreling, because of the quarrel of the sons of Israel, and because they tested the Lord, saying, and you want to underline this if you can, is the Lord among us or not? They accused God of not being with them because they were facing a very temporary difficult situation. Later on, God takes this so serious that Moses would write, saying, whatever you do, there in your outline, he says, do not test the Lord 
do not test the Lord your God as you did at Massah. The idea is that you never want to test as a believer. You never want to test God by questioning, is God with us? So when I think about God's presence and how he, he says, do not be afraid, I, I, I am with you, and I, and I consider that, I draw a, a couple of conclusions if this is true. I draw these conclusions. And one of the conclusions that I would draw, and I could probably say it a little bit more eloquently, but, but simply this, go ahead and write this down, that God promises to be with me when the bottom falls out of my life. You want to write that down. See, the truth is for all of us, at some point in our life, the bottom's going to fall out of our life. We've seen this year, here in our own community, a terrible tragedy has struck, and and, uh, it was a a very difficult time, and many of you remember some of the things that have taken place in our own community. We look around our country, and we see that terrorism has now come to our shores. We look around the world, and we see that there's unrest uh, around the world and difficulty, and 2015 was that way, and 2016 only appears to increase as we go forward. And for all of us, we all will face the stuff of life. And you know that to be true. None of us, none of us know anybody who's 150 years old, so we're all face at some point just the stuff of life. And it's in that, when we face that, notice what David says, a verse we're all familiar with from Psalm 23. He says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You've got the command and the promise but he states that this is how I'm, going to, how I'm going to live. Some of us this year have walked through what we can only call the valley of the shadow of death. It's been a difficult time. And one of the things that you find as a believer, it's in that time that God has a way of being very present in that time of difficulty. I love the old saying that says, you don't know that Jesus is all you need until Jesus is all you got, all you got. And and in our life, every one of us is going to come to the place where we're going to be brought to that place where we realize that Jesus is all we need because Jesus is all we got. And it's in that time that God has a way of stepping in very personally, stepping into our lives and bringing that peace and opening and closing doors according to his purpose. And you look on, you say, Lord, I'm going through a difficult time, but I see your hand. I, I love this verse from Isaiah. It says this, it says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be scorched, nor will the flame burn you, for I am the Lord your God. Did you notice there that he didn't promise to keep us from the stuff of life, but he promised that as we go through the stuff of life, that he will be with us in a very real and a very powerful way. And, and it's in those times where we realize that this isn't heaven. And it makes us not get mad at God because it's not heaven, but it does make us excited about going to heaven where these things no longer take place. Would you agree with that? And he's with us when the bottom falls out of our life. And that happens to everybody at some point. I believe that to be true. Then I would also say another time, if that's true, then I would also say that God promises to be with me when I step out in faith. I, I love that, that um, most of the verses where he says, do not fear for I am with you, have to do with God's people facing an amazing challenge. And they realize that if 
God doesn't show up in this challenge, there's no way they're going to make it. So God shows up at these critical times and he says, do not be afraid, I'm with you. Let's go do it. Let's take it on. God loves to step in and see us get into situations where only, where the only way we're going to survive sometimes is if God shows up and we accomplish some great things. Notice this verse on your outline. It says, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. God loves it when his people take on a challenge that's so great that it can only be accomplished if God steps in and does his part. So as I look at these verses and we talk about this tonight, I, I, it's, it's very evident. Again, we could have used so many more verses, but God has gone to great lengths to, to communicate that he is with us. He is Emmanuel, God with us. That's, that's who he is. It, he's created us so that he could be with us and we could be in relationship with him. So it leaves us with a, a great question and uh, he's already said, I'm with you. So the great question is simply this. He's with me, so the big question is simply this. Am I with him? If you can write that down, write that down. I have learned that God will always respect my wishes. He will never force a relationship on me. Some do not want the presence of God. Uh, some want to do things a very different way. Some are just not interested. That being the case, that never changes God's heart or his intention. His intention is always that we come into that relationship with him and we live with him, with him. Tonight, we celebrate that 2,000 years ago, God came to the earth as a man. He came to the earth and he gave the most incredible gift. And it was the gift of himself stepping into our place making a way so that you and I could have a relationship with him for all eternity. The greatest gift that we ever give back to him is when we say, I want to be with you. I want that relationship. And we'll say it in different ways. And mostly we talk about inviting Jesus Christ into our life. And that, that's certainly good. Some talk about being born again, and that's true because it's a new life. Some call it conversion, and that's true because he, he completely, when we invite him in, he has a way of just changing us. And he invites us into that relationship. And here's what I can tell you, that you have never met somebody who has invited Jesus to step into their life, and they've begun to follow him, who has ever told you, I regret making that decision. You've never met one person that will ever say that. So if that's the case, the invitation, and I want to share one final verse. It's a verse we're all familiar with. It's John 3.16, and it just says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Because God loves us so much, he gave himself, Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. God came to the earth and stepped into our place. If we trust him, if we believe him for this relationship, he says we will never perish. That is, he will be, we will be with him for all eternity. If you're here tonight, you've never invited Jesus Christ into your life. In just a moment, I'm going to, to pray, and then we'll continue on with our time of worship. But if you've never done that, I want to encourage you tonight to give the greatest gift that you can ever give to the Lord, and that's to invite him into that relationship with you. It's his desire. It's why he's created us in the first place. Let's go ahead and pray. 
Heavenly Father, as we, in this portion of our worship service tonight, we stand before you, we look at you, and for those who are here tonight who've never invited you in, we just simply say, I want that relationship. I'm inviting you to step into my life. I pray that you forgive me of my sins, anything that's been a barrier between you and I. I don't have it all figured out. I don't know all there is to know, but I want that relationship, and I'd like you to step in. Your word tells us that you're the one who stands at the door and you knock, and if anyone will open the door of their heart to him, he promises that he steps in and he never leaves. And if that's you tonight, just know his desire is to be in that relationship with you. And if you prayed that prayer, then you know and you meant it, then God's stepping in right now and he's going to begin to communicate and grow and reveal himself in very real and tangible ways in your life. Father, for all of us, I pray that you help us in this Christmas season, tomorrow, this coming week, and in the new year, to know the truth about who you are, your love for us, your promise and your command to not be afraid because you are with us, and to live as those who go forward because we know that you're with us. Help us to grow in our faith. Help us to represent you well. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, and all God's people said,